Yo, man. Yo, Yayan. How's it going? Uh, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very well. We've just had an amazing conversation. We have. We, we normally do these intros like a week or so after we've, uh, or the day yeah. after or whatever, but we've decided to do this straight after our mm. latest guest left because he was so inspiring and we just wanted to talk about it. Keep the more. energy going. Yeah, keep the energy and going. And to keep the energy going. Um, our latest guest is Amos Eratusi. Yeah, um, we, we hope we're pronouncing that right. His last name, Eratusi. We, um, we think we are. Um, who is, oh, he was so inspiring. Yeah. So, so inspiring. Um, and he uh, is the founder of a company called The Cusp, uh, which is an organization that helps level the playing field by building a diverse community of creatives and tries to get them into the industry. His, his whole thing is about accessibility into the film and fashion industry. Yes. And um, interestingly, we've already had a couple of guests on the podcast who, who are part of this organization. So that's um, Hansel Rodriguez and Alexandra Doe. Yeah, two great episodes, so check those ones out as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so what we've done, what we talked about in this episode was we talked about the cusp itself, um, we talked a lot about representation and, you know, his experience with marketing, uh, what he felt was the point of short-form content, and uh, yeah, what he's learned throughout his entrepreneurial journey as such. We go we go through everything. Yeah, um, we totally do. And then, yeah, we'll, um, yeah, the reason why we... We got Amos on the podcast because you met him at. I'm a Cusp. hustler. <laughs> you met him at the Cusp the other day, and uh, yeah, he was. You know, he'd organised this um, talk with Anil Career. Yeah, um, who's an amazing filmmaker. If you don't know him, you should check him out. Oscar winning, Oscar filmmaker. winner, Oscar winner. Um, and yeah, Amos's whole um, vibe really with the Cusp at these events is to make them really intimate um, and and just friendly to, to introverts. Uh, and extroverts as well um and i really really felt that um and then when you meet amos as well he's just the loveliest guy um so that really really comes across so, so will was desperate to get him on the podcast you know i was i was <laughs> and which uh, you know rightfully so yeah um but yeah i think uh, i think that's uh we should start the intro let's do it man Welcome, Amos. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for traveling here. No um, it's a pleasure to have you at the HQ. Yes. Short films, big questions, HQ. Um, I met Amos. We met a few weeks ago now at one of your events. Yes, we um, did. Yes, we did. Uh, and I go around events now and just tell people to like and subscribe our podcast. Constantly <laughs> <laughs> exactly pitching. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, thank you for being our new guest uh, on the podcast. Um, I think we had a uh, first question, really, about uh, who you are um, and what you do. Sweet. Who I am is a big question. Um, a big question. So I am Amos, as you kindly mentioned. I am the founder of The Cusp. Um, so essentially a gateway um, and a community um, for underrepresented creatives within fashion, film and television. Um, if you wanted to associate The Cusp with one word, it would be access. So access to opportunities whether that's job opportunities it could be access to new networks so you can build a community build your tribe because it can be quite lonely in a big bad world of the creative industry mm -hmm. and then lastly um, access to education and insight so like knowledge that industry shares um, through a various different host of things that we do which uh, I can come on to yeah yeah great yeah and um yeah, we were mentioning before the podcast died that we've actually interviewed a few of your members. So we've spoken to Alexandra Doe and Hansel Rodriguez. 
and yeah, both had great things to say about the cusp, um, you know, and what it does. So yeah, just wanted to throw that out there before we, we paid get them. We into paid it. them. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good marketing scheme. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, just to jump in there, uh, we both listened to a podcast that you previously did. I think it's like four years old now. Yes. And then you were you were working with a different business. I believe it was called Proptar. Was that Spot right? On, yeah, 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 yeah. Proptar. Um, yeah, and I was just wondering, yeah, if you could maybe explain a little bit about. Yeah, I guess your journey, how you came to the cusp um, and how you made that jump from that different business four years ago. 100%. So um, taking it all the way back to university. So I went to University of Portsmouth. I studied civil engineering over there. Um, if Like coming from an African, specifically Nigerian background, what your parents love for you to do is be an engineer, doctor, someone in finance and so for me I had to tick one of those boxes because I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do in uni so I picked civil engineering and I was like okay what's the most creative thing and I felt you know what making buildings sounds cool so let's focus on doing that and so I stepped into that space a um, couple months in I caught the entrepreneurial bug and I thought you know what let me use my degree to set up something where we can build bring entrepreneurs into one space and we can like make this building and then everyone can work in this space. Little did I know it was called co-working spaces, right? <laughs> and so um, came up with this concept, but then one of the two things we didn't have, we didn't have funding and we also didn't have the entrepreneurs yet. We didn't build that community. So I was like, how about we go ahead and do that by doing like mini style, like Dragon's Den events, right? And so we did that. We managed to, I guess, work with a local charity up from like quite close to Elephant Castle, Waterloo. So there's a charity at the name of uh, SE1 United at the time. And so we worked with them um, to put on this like Dragon's Den event. We got like PwC involved, people from Deloitte involved, British Chambers of Commerce. They were on like our, like they were our dragons, so to speak. Um, it went well. And it was good, but then of course when you review and look back and you think to yourself, guys, I'm still at uni, trying to run like this like incubator, it seems, for this massive co-working space that we want to build. Um, we just don't have the knowledge or the time at this present moment of time. But one thing that we realised is that we grew up in a community full of creative, a lot of creative people, right? And um, at the time, our business partner said, hey, Moss, why don't we manage like this social influencer so vine was quite big at the time right yeah and, then, and everyone was doing these very snazzy cool seven second pieces and then there was this guy by the name of big tipper and he was like oh let's work with him so we started to work with him we didn't know anything nothing at all but we just jumped into it after jumping into that space it was he was doing more gigs he was doing more shows and to, yeah to interrupt there so you were just thinking like an entrepreneur at this time. So yeah, you were just yeah. looking for business opportunities, I guess, and just trying to, you you know to see what worked for you, right? So you were trying lots of different avenues. Spot on, spot okay. on. Literally, yeah. just trying to find my feet, trying to see, okay, what can we do that as an entrepreneur or entrepreneurs um, that can provide impact and support others. And so that started with with Big Tipper. Then that quickly came up to another creative individual who's a musician and um, he was Timbo, he's by the name of Timbo and then we took him on tour um, with Fuse ODG and uh, Fuse ODG was a big artist at this time, he was doing shows and he was doing collaborations and features with like Sean Paul and a few other big artists and it was like oh, okay this is getting a little bit serious now, what can we do to take this to the next level? 
And so, so you were managing them, yeah, right, and their careers, I guess. Yeah. Technically yeah. speaking, we we're managing them and their careers, or so taking them on tours and doing all of this stuff whilst going to university back and forth from London. Wow. And I was also working part time at Waitrose as well, so I was doing like these three different things, and it was like intense. But yeah. when you're young and like yeah. late teens, you're like, I've got the energy for this, so let me mm. make it work. So that's how it started in that creative space. Cool, cool. Okay. And so do you see, I guess you see yourself as like someone who who helps create, aids the creatives, right? And so like pushes, like you see someone's talent, like Big Tipper, for, for example, and then your job, I guess, that you see yourself is like, how do I get them out there into the world and create better stuff, I guess? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm all. I think for, for me, it was like, you've got this great talent and um, you're a very talented creative. Um, how can I get you into rooms where you can show people that you're more than capable of excelling. Mm. And so that quickly moved on to the next phase of that specific business where a lot of people were saying, oh, can you manage me too? Can you manage me too? I'm like, we already have capacity for two people at this present moment of time. Mm. And for me, I'm big on quality, not quantity. So if I can manage two people really well, let's focus on doing that. Can I say how we manage those two people really well? There's things that we could have learned, but there's things that we did quite good. Um, but what one thing I, struggle to say is no to people mm. and so i was like okay cool what can we do to help these people that are trying to get into this music industry because that was a space we were in at the time um, and help them excel and so we came up with this concept called the industry insider and so with the industry insider it was basically bringing the industry to the community and making sure industry specialists were sharing that knowledge and people were in that space building those connections and those relationships so it was like 50 to 100 plus people in the room. The first event, I think we got um, the founder of the Outlook Festival that yeah, goes yeah, on, yeah. yeah. He, he came down, he spoke alongside some other really cool managers within the industry. And then that progressed from that to doing something in like fashion. And I was like, why are we doing something in fashion? Well, someone just came up to me, he's like, Amos, this is really cool. Can you do one in fashion? I'm like, why not? Let's, right. let's see how it goes. Because then it was more music. At the time it was music. Okay. 100%. Right. And so at this point, it was less of, I'm focused on the industry. I'm focusing on the person. How can I support the people in these spaces excel? And the people that I'm talking about look like me. And in the rooms that I'm in, I'm talking about these creatives, no one looks like me. So I can get more people into these spaces um, so they can really excel. And so we went into fashion, did one of fashion, got ASOS Marketplace down there. Um, we've got like a stylist for Craig David to come and speak. And like, if I'm being honest with you both, like to get these people there, it was literally cold emails, blagging. That, that was my next yeah. question. Yeah, it was. But, so, you, you know, your cold email and Craig David's stylist. Yeah. Like, ha, ha, like, what are you saying in that email to try and get? We, we talked to Hansel last week about this, you know cold emailing production companies and things and it's something i think a lot of filmmakers struggle with getting their work out there as well exactly and it's something you've really succeeded at is getting all of these people into a room and interested in what you're doing and it's so what are you saying to them i guess it's um Do you know it's interesting it I might be a secret dropping it here um i think one of the key things for me is making sure to get people involved and sold on the vision right because if people can see the vision, the bigger picture play, you don't need to show them the different steps mm. that lead to that vision, right? And so when I was talking to people, I'm like, this is what the industry needs, right? And this is why you need to support them because with this, 
um, statistics shows here that if you have a more diverse workforce or if you have um, more different different people from different backgrounds into one space, you tend to produce better work. Uh, there's all statistics on this from like Deloitte and all these kind of different reports that are out there. And so you're going into these spaces, talking to them about it, but then you're also selling them on this whole thing of like appealing to their better nature, really, because mm -hmm. it's like you're giving your time to support the next generation. And there's this good feeling that you get if you're an industry person, if you feel like you're giving back. Mm. So also sending to them on that. Yeah. And then on top of that, the people in the room are very talented. So you're unlocking a new audience for them that they haven't really had access to. And so when you sell them on those three different elements and yeah. also the most underlying thing, which is what I also say to our members as well, hopefully they like you. Yeah. Then it just goes a long way. Then like, I, I mean, yeah, it kind of sounds like a unique kind of set of ingredients. Yeah. Because I can't imagine there are many organizations that were like you, you and your, I suppose it was just the two of you. Really yeah. Pushing it then. Yeah. Like young guys with, with you know, with all these, the, the values that you just spoke of. I, I can't imagine that was a very common thing for the for those kind of people to receive or hear from. Would you would you say that was fair? Yeah, or? absolutely. And and I think we were also stepping at it in a, in a way whereby we weren't asking anything from them. So we weren't saying, okay, can you give us this money mm. in order to execute this? We'll find ways to get that sorted ourselves, right? right? We just wanted to bring them into the space so they can impart and share knowledge. And they were willing and happy to do that. But then they were also taking things away because when we did the fashion event, we showcased um, two fashion designers and two of them got signed onto ASOS Marketplace off, off the back of that. Awesome. And so I was like, okay, cool, this is, this is sweet. And then people took photographs at that event, of course, as you do, and they were like, can you do one on film and TV? And again, like, you can imagine what I said then. I was like, yeah, sure. I, I don't know no one in the space, no one at all, but we'll see what we can do. And then I thought, to, I always do this thing where I work from the top down. So I look at who are the people that are the real gatekeepers and those that are really making an impact in this space. Uh, and where are creatives kind of gravitating towards in order to get that support so they can really excel. And for me, it was like the BFI. So I was like, mm. okay, cool. We're gonna, we're gonna find a way to do an event at the BFI. Mm. We, we rolled down to, I rolled down to at the time, um, Tottenham Court Road, like they have a, have a space and venue there. And I spoke to people there and again, I just saw them the vision. And then they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'd love to support you. Um, we'd love to give you discount on the space too. And then um, in terms of industry specialists, we got there, we had a few different people, but I feel like the one that was really pleased with was the co-founder of Eleven Film. We got Joel to come down to that event. And so that was super cool because um, we met him um, at an event um, that he was doing. I think it was like a premiere for, I think it was Glue or another show. I think it was Gap Year. He was oh, doing okay. Gap Year okay. for E4. And we got invited down there um, as press. Do we know anything about press? No. But my business partner was super savvy. So he said, Amos, all you need to do is hold a camera and take a camera um, to these events and just tell them that you're press, right? <laughs> take pictures and then send it to the people that at these events, right? So I was like, all right, cool. So we rolled up there. I had no camera. He held the camera. It was like, who are you here for? Oh, we're Propta, press list. Oh yeah, tick, 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 come inside. Brilliant, we're in there. Amazing. And then it was just, as, as, you, as you kindly mentioned, at the beginning, he came to one of our events, like just networking, talking to different people. Mm -hmm. And then caught Joel, he was just sitting down trying to get some respite. And I'm like, okay, he's here by himself. Let me sit down and chat to him. <laughs> Instantly, Joel's an amazing guy. 
started talking, started chatting, and then he was like, yeah, I'd love to, to come down and, and support you. And then he came to the event. Again, we showcased the filmmaker at that event. Mm -hmm. And then Joel was like, I don't know why she's not signed. And she just came out of uni. So I don't know why she's not signed. One thing after another, um, she eventually got signed to United wow, Agents. And so I was like, okay, cool. There's so, a wait, formula yeah. so he put uh, her in touch with the United Agents and he just, what, was it a screening or something? Or how did, how did he know? So, she, so at the event that we hosted with Joel speaking on the panel amongst others, we always showcase people at the, like the talent from our community at the event. Right. So okay. we showcase her film, Greg uh, film. Can I um, ask then about, so I, we talked briefly about this at the beginning, networking. Uh, and you said to me, you know, you're an introvert. Um, and at your event, you said this as well. You're like, this is kind of, this is for extroverts and introverts. Um, because a big part of getting films made, short films, features, uh, is networking and, you know, meeting people at these events. But it can be quite terrifying, you know. Even for an extra, I, I consider myself quite extroverted, but I struggle. I know you do as well, Yayan, with going up to groups of people. And it sounds actually like you just, you were going in and just talking to, you know, to everyone. And I was wondering what advice you have for people who are, you know, going in and trying to network and make contacts in the in film and TV fashion, whatever it is. I guess I think the key thing that a lot of people need to say to themselves at the very beginning, or what I said to myself at the very beginning is, um, don't be afraid to receive a no, right? Because I think that's what people are the most afraid of, right? I'm stepping in this space with these expectations of getting what I need and what I want from this situation, right? And if they don't get what they want, they get super upset. And so before they even get to that point, they already beat themselves up and not step into the space. And I look at things from various different angles, right? Um, I always pull myself out from a specific situation and look at it from a bird's eye view and think to myself, okay, this is the mindset I'm going into this conversation with. I may not get what specifically I want, but there's always a different route to getting what I want. So I can say, come to you, Will, and say, oh, I want to um, specifically feature on your podcast, right? And you'd be like, yeah, we're kind of booked up for the next like six weeks or six months, right? And I could be super upset. I'm like, I don't want that to happen. So I'm not even going to step to Will. But I could be blocking my blessing when we were like booked up for the next six months. But I've got another friend who's working on something that you might be interested in. He's going to have space in the next two, three weeks. Mm. How about you chat to him? Now you've gone into this situation and there's a conversation looking for one thing and you've come out with two potential opportunities here. And so for me, it's like there's an amplitude of different opportunities or multitude is the right word of different opportunities you can get access to. Just going in and thinking to yourself, what's the worst that can happen really? And then going forward from there. Great advice. We're going to soundbite that, I think. Yeah, that's a definite soundbite. <laughs> we can really soundbite that for the instant. It was really, really useful, I think. Not being afraid to get a no. I mean, that's kind of life, I guess, as well. Life, good life advice, like whatever you, you know. Yeah, I think as, as well, if you're making films or if you're trying to get yeah. into an industry, you can kind of psych yourself out of doing it because it's like, well, it could fail. No one's going to like it. Yeah. But you don't know. You don't 100%. know until you try. Right? And everyone's got their own personal timelines, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're thinking, I need to get this done by this point in order to execute this. But one of the key phrases I always say to myself is like, delay is not denial, right? Just because it hasn't happened when you want it to happen doesn't mean it will never happen, right? Mm. There's certain things that you need to go through in order to be built for that stage where you're going to say, you know what? I can take this short film or this feature and instead of just running it to various different festivals, I can run it to different festivals, I can run it to different production houses. I don't even need to pay the fee in order to get to these festivals because now I'm 
physically ready because of the experiences that I've had. Instead of having it in Jan done in January, I got it done in June, but I'm in a better position because mm. of it. So mm. that, I, that there's a really nice segue into another question that we had for you about advice for people that are you know making this short film short form content and are trying to get it out there to production companies you know and to get it to get it seen and to get a name for themselves how you know, what advice would you have for people like that because there is the there's the fest the classic festival route and then you go online um yaya and i've discussed this loads about you know do you just do you just throw it online and try and send it around to a lot of people and get an audience that way what kind of what have you seen that's you know, worked or, in your opinion, works the best? Um, come to, like, our masterclasses and security sessions. That tends to work for people. I would also say it's, um, I think it comes back to one of my points that I mentioned before about, like, um, just building those intimate and real relationships with people. Like, um, you do want to put it out there first, I would definitely say. So post it on, whether it's Vimeo, Ideally Vimeo, because we did a session before and, and one of the um, e, EPs must have said, yeah, if it's, ideally, if it's not on like Vimeo, I probably won't look at it. That's not everyone, right? Mm. But generally speaking, set yourself up for success. And if you hear that, start off there. Um, share out like the private link to people, send out passwords, all of that kind of stuff. I definitely feel like you need to begin with your own personal network. See who do you know in your personal network first. Get out to them. Um, see if there's any appetite for that. And then from that point, it's basically just breaking down a list of who would you like to work with in the future. 100%. Who would you like to work with in the future? Who would um, you love? What, what logo would you love to come up at the front or at the beginning of the film when it gets pushed out there? Is it A24? Who do you know in your network that knows someone that works at A24 and then start to build it out from there. It's definitely pushing it out as much as possible, um, making sure to be present at whether it's events or um, places that people are at um, without being stalkerish. That, I'll definitely put that as a, as a caveat there. But fine line. Fine line, definitely fine line. Um, but yeah, I think if you're able to like really explain and break down your project, clearly and concisely um, and get someone in a room for a coffee just to have a conversation about it and you see their eyes light up or they ask you probing questions about it definitely push it out in that type of way so there's various different forms i know i'm speaking in circles right now yeah but it feels yeah. like it's tough because it's like there are so many different there's strategies. so many different strategies people that have no one way is unique um but i also think like i don't know just hearing this conversation there's something that kind of springs to my mind which is like believing in the product yeah. like which is what you kind of did i guess and you know it kind of ticked all the boxes and and worked and then i suppose you really have to have that self-belief that what you're doing can be big can be successful can go for those companies when you're putting it out there i'll put it this way so um in terms of believing in your product is, is a very good point and then also understanding who it is you're talking to understand your audience right so the better you, more you understand your audience, the easier it is for you to sell it to them. So if you've seen different projects that they've worked on before that's in line with what you're producing, then it's like, okay, it's an ideal person for me to reach out to. As opposed to spreading your wide and thin and then you're looking at all these different contacts uh, and you're reaching out to a studio that does animation, but you've just done something that's very different to that, it, it doesn't really add up. So yeah. it's just understanding your market, understanding what your product is and being able to 
express it concisely and make sure to sell it into them. And then also, I think this proactive um, attitude of understanding who you talk, who kind of lines with like your, knowing your audience, but understanding what projects have they worked on before that kind of tie into what you're producing. I guess it's what value can you bring to yeah. them and, and framing it in that way maybe is the better way of going out like rather than like, please give me some money for this new short film. It's like, no, I've made this and I can add value to you almost. But I guess then you don't want to be arrogant. But then there's arrogance and there's belief, right? Yeah. yeah and it's all, yeah. it's all about the way you frame it. And mm. arrogance is based on the person that's perceiving that information and the way you put out that information, right? So definitely have confidence, have belief in what you are producing and understand your market very well and understand the person you're contacting quite well as well. And then see how you can slowly but surely push yourself out there. But then you also, if you're able to get a little bit of like um, noise going amongst your community about your work, that's always a big win because it'll be great for, for example, the person you're trying to reach out to, to even see your work before you've even sent them the work, right? Mm. It's like, oh, like your community is talking about it already. Yeah, um, I've yeah. seen this video, I've seen a clip on it on social somewhere and it looks really good, but I didn't really engage in it because we get inundated on social media. But now I'm seeing it again mm. and I've seen some really positive quotes about it. Let's take, it, let's take a further look at it. So yeah, that would be my suggestion. The, um, do you mind? Oh, you go for it, yeah, yeah. Hogging all the questions. <laughs> There's, yeah, there's one question like, we've talked about this on the on the podcast before as well about like what what do you see as the point of short form content uh, from a standpoint of maybe your career or as an artist uh, what do you see as the the kind of point of it because we've we've talked before about you know it's a calling card and it'll get you signed or whatever um, but then I do feel like there's something deeper there as well around you know these these concise stories and obviously you're speaking to all these filmmakers and writers and what what do you feel is like the point of it and that also i guess applies to the fashion yeah. people you represent in fashion who do put out their short form content 100 percent. i think it's being able to express yourself in a um use the word well it's like in a concise manner is super super impactful because ultimately it, it demonstrates that you can um not overcomplicate things it gets straight to the point and people can visually understand the emotions, the thoughts, the feelings, um, and essentially the narrative that you're trying to put across. So if you're able to do that in a short form piece, right, um, whether that's like three minutes, whether that's 20 minutes, imagine what you can do with a full feature film and how you can make use of each one of those scenes to really piece together a bigger narrative that keeps people engaged throughout. So it just shows the span of your skill and what is potentially to come when it comes to a bigger project that you want to put, put out there. So yeah, I think it's super important and it's a great way of buying people's attention and particularly when attention spans are just getting smaller and smaller and smaller yeah. every single day. So I think it's, um, it's a phenomenal way of getting into the industry um, and really honing in on your craft. I've seen it firsthand, how people have just gone from like, doing like short pieces, grad pieces, to doing music videos and stepping into that commercial space because the commercial space will still be short, 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 mm. 90 seconds here, if not less. So if you're able to do that with a short film, um, it gives you a good leg to stand on, if you will, if you want to go into that commercial music video kind of space. Yeah, 
I, I've been to tons of these like networking events and these, and I came to the cusp event with Anil uh, a few weeks ago now, and I it it really was blew my mind at how it was really small, really intimate. Everyone was speaking to everyone. There was no. I felt really comfortable. We chatted to Anil at the end, or for it. Anil Career. Anil Career. Sorry, just, yeah. Yeah. I'm on yeah. first name. <laughs> first name's racist. That's how cool Anil, we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just like I can't believe I'm talking to him. This is nuts. But he was just you know, he was chatting to everyone because there wasn't that many people there. It was yeah, like you say, twenty people there, and you know everyone was trying to make films and. Um, and he's an Oscar winner <laughs> like yeah. he's so accessible and just easy to That's chat amazing. to and like you say at those big big events no way you're not getting anywhere near them I think someone someone else said to, this to me earlier on today in fact and it was like we take away the hierarchy when it comes to this these events right because everyone's doing different things right mm. and everyone's at a further stage or is working towards the stage that another person in the room is currently at and so you go there with this whole thing of oh, or they want to talk to me? Would an Oscar winner want to even talk to me? And the answer is yes. You just have to have the courage and like the understanding that you provide, it's the word that we used earlier, value. You have value to add. Just show people that by just having a conversation. And if you're trying to gain value, just be honest and be authentic when you go into those conversations. And then everyone just lets their hair down and you're just chatting to everyone and anyone in that space, it becomes so easy. So. I guess it's about being upfront about who you are and where you're at as well, right? Rather than, I found this at, at other things, um, other networking events that won't be mentioned, but it's, I find like a lot of people are pretending that they're, you know, further on in their career, they're kind of showing off, but they're not really that person. And I guess it kind of, a lot of those environments feed that. Yeah. You know, whereas, uh, yeah, the, those those smaller intimate things, you know, I'm here to get advice and to improve it's like come in with that attitude and then I guess you, you're going to gain from it, right? 100%. People want to work with people that they, they like and they think of being honest yeah. and unapologetically yourself, right? Mm. And if you're that way, it makes it a lot easier for me to say, okay, I can put you with this person. Oh, yeah, you know what? I put you with this person. You'll mesh quite well. Mm. Uh, if you're trying to be someone else, it's easy for people to make mistakes and link you up with the wrong person and it slows down your progression. So, mm. um, yeah, that's the way we tend to try and approach things. Cool. Um, okay, so yeah, with um, so with the cusp, that's that's an emphasis on the visual medium, right? So you're kind of moving away slightly from actually with with music, you, you presumably were focusing a lot on music videos as well, but you you kind of I guess changed emphasis slightly to a move towards that. Um, but like, say for the individual who comes along to the cusp, um, is is so it's it's basically an opportunity for them to to network to meet people. Um, you know, and uh, including all the values that you talked about with people from underrepresented backgrounds. Um, but then I, I suppose, like, it's also an opportunity for them to show their work. So it's like, so the, the people who come to those networking groups, is, is there like a selection of them, their work that is screened? Or, yeah, how does that sort of work exactly? Yeah, very good question. So ultimately, we, when it comes to um, the education and insight pillar that I mentioned earlier, we've got like, I would say four different experiences. So one of them is the masterclasses, and that's where we get industry specialists to come and talk about things that are specific to the needs of our community. So we always say that our sessions are curated by creatives. So we ask the community, okay, what is it that you're struggling with right now? What are you trying to get access to? Someone will say commissioning, someone will say funding, someone will say pitching, right? Mm -hmm. And then we go out into the world and find the industry specialists within our network that will be able to deliver that. And that'll be for 15 to 25 people. And it's just an opportunity to get that insight and, and get those connections. 
Then we've got something called secret sessions where it's more or less portfolio review sessions. And then that is where we have industry in reviewing your specific work, giving you constructive feedback. And what's really cool about it is that you're in a room with five other creatives and you would have seen their, their work too. Um, and then you would have already understood the standard at where you're at. And then on top of that, the industry specialist will give each person feedback. So not, not only are you learning from your own feedback, but you're learning from other people's feedback because you've seen their work. You're like, oh, I saw what you did there and this is how you could have improved it. Maybe I can add that to my repertoire of different shots, different things that I do next time around. And so that proves super useful because um, there was one creative, I'm not sure if you got a chance to meet, meet her, Will, her name is Renee, and she is a director, but she came to one of our secret sessions and she um, put forward her documentary. Um, it's called Dare Philadelphia. You should definitely watch it. Dare Philadelphia. Dare Philadelphia. It was phenomenal. She did like a festival circuit. She was won awards for it. And so she showcased that during the um, session. And that session was with Emery Rug. Hopefully I'm pronouncing his surname correctly. But he's one of the producers there at um, some such. And then from there, it was like, oh yeah, we love this work. And that passed on through the team, everyone's reviewed it. And then Lauren, like long story short, she's now signed to, to some such as a director. And she was one of the, the companies that she wanted to get signed to. So They're huge. Like, yeah, massive, massive. And we love them to bits, like. Um, so um, ultimately, yeah, that's how those like secret sessions work. And then the other two elements are like mentor, uh, mentorship programs. So we work in collaboration with brands um, in order to do that. So right now we're working with a company called Bellhouse Marks. Um, they do like creative casting and production within the fashion realm. So anyone from H&M to a few other names they've worked with already. And so they basically bought eight industry um, specialists and we partnered them with eight creatives and it's been like a six months um, like mentorship program and then the last piece is curated experiences so you like our masterclasses or you like the way we do our secret sessions or you like our mentorship we can basically hire us to help you with the logistics and executing it um, and that's not limited to say fashion and film and TV, that can be in another industry, so you can just white label our services. But what we've been doing more now is working with universities to, to tap into that, to that pipeline, support them. Generally speaking, those are in their final year or a little bit earlier on in that uni journey. And then, um, yeah, help them get to where they need to get to. Awesome. And, and so what are you looking for in like members that are applying to, to the CUSP? Oh, mate. Um, People that are, I think for one, it's like hungry, right? Like actually want to excel in this space. It's like, oh, I've seen everyone's creating content now. So I just want to do my own thing as well. And just so I can be amongst the crowd, right? Like there's nothing against doing that. But if you really, really want it, when I put you in rooms, you know that this is essentially where I'm at. This is where I want to get to. And I feel like you can support me and get into those spaces. So when it comes to like getting members onto our community, we get them to fill in a form, sign up, and then we have like a 15 minute phone call with them and ask them diff different questions about, okay, where are you right now in your career? Uh, and how did you get to this point? And what are you, tr where are you trying to get to? I think it's the same thing that I did when I was doing the management with the artists. We used to manage them for like a year or so. I was like, what do you want to do within the next year? And we can see how we can fill in the gap so you can get there. And so if you're saying, oh, I just want to be amongst the community in order for me to grow, we can do that at the cusp. Or I've seen that you've partnered with some such, or you're doing stuff where we present, it'd be great to get that inside, like, or that warm introduction 
Like we talked about cold emails, but mm. now a warmer email mm. to, 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 to these organizations so I can get a look in and get my work to the next level. Absolutely, we can make that happen. Um, or it's just a case of like, I wanna get insight and I know you've done this session, this session, this session, or I want to be able to get my work reviewed by someone that is a gatekeeper within the industry. Those are the type of people that we like to bring into the community. But then with everything that we do, whether it's partnerships or these events, it's all about like mutual benefit. So as long as we're giving you something, that's, that's the key thing. What are you bring to the, to the community? What can you give to other people in the community? Because that's what community is about, collectively supporting each other so you can all grow. And in terms of people who are coming in, I mean, or you're saying like, you know, you want people who, to make an impact in the CUSP to, to give. Are you looking for people who like want to collaborate then with other people in the cusp? So meet people to produce more work, more content, that that sort of thing, or is it like something else? Or? Yeah, we're more than open to that. Honestly, it's yeah. a case of like, even if it's just being present, like, like say for example, someone's working on the script and they need that like additional like additional eyes on it. Put your hand up. I'm mm. more than willing to to read that through if you can give me my own, my own two thoughts. That's a form of giving. Like if someone else is doing an event um, within the community or they're showcasing, being there, being present, having that cusp presence is vital, and that's giving, right? And I feel like all too often there's a lot of creatives that I've spoken to that they just feel like they're alone on this journey by themselves, and that's that's the hardest thing to deal with, right? Because you feel like everything is happening to you. And not for you, right? I think especially at the beginning when it's a lot of rejection and you're like, I'm, what am I doing? 100%. You know? I'm the only one writing a script. I'm the only one making films. That's why, like, <laughs> like when we, we started working together, it was amazing. Because it was like, oh my God, we're doing the exact same thing. And then mm. what's been amazing about this as well is meeting so many people with yeah. all doing similar things. It's yeah. Like the community aspect, I think, is so, so important. It's very important. And so that's, that's, that's what I mean. When it comes to mm. coming to a community, what are you giving? Are you giving yourself? Are you giving your, your contacts? Are you giving your, your experience? Whatever it may be, that's what we're asking you to give when yeah. it comes and to I get, I guess you get, you get a sense of that when you speak to someone on the phone as well, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Like what kind of, what they're, what they're like. Exactly. They're and, and then you ask them, okay, what are, you what are you trying to achieve in the next year or so? Or what, you, what is like your dream job? What does that look like? And, and what are you doing right now to contribute towards that? Because that's, that's another thing, right? Like there's people that are actively working and those are, those that are like, quite stagnantly working, right? Stagnantly is even a word. But basically just sitting down and waiting for other people to come in and put them into different rooms so they can do what they need to do. But you need to be active because it's like, it's, it's a two-way thing with these things, so. I think, yeah, being a, a creative, like, well, in, in film is the only way I know about it, is that you are kind of an entrepreneur as well because yeah. you, you have to sell yourself. Uh, we talked to Hansel about this, didn't we, on, on the podcast about, you know, Part of the reason for making short shorts is, is proving yourself and selling yourself, which is it's tough for a lot of because a lot of creatives are very introverted. Yes, which is it's it's a tough thing to do, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. So, how you talked about some such um, how because I they're you're in partnership with with them and they're a production company. How did that all come about? And what does a in partnership mean exactly when it encounters X yeah, with what does that mean? Very good question. Very good question. <laughs> question on top of a question. Yeah, the techie stuff. So yeah. ultimately, um, answering your question, Will, it was at the height of, it was after, the aftermath of George Floyd. And um, prior to that, 
seeing as we launched in 2019, um, we've been working since and just been a part of various different communities. And like the Cusp has been on like a resource that you can access via the APA or all these other different places. And so I think um, someone in their team saw us and then dropped us a message. I actually thought it was fake. I was like, okay, who, who, who out of nowhere would email us? And then um, spoke to her team, um, specifically Kaylee um, from some such, who is a phenomenal person. I, I love her to bits. I always call her my best friend. And um, she, she's amazing. And so we, we had a conversation. She was like, yeah, we'd love to work with you guys. Um, just let us know in what capacity it can, it can happen. So they wanted to give insight to the community. They also wanted to support talent from the communities that we serve. So wow. ultimately we, of course, it's like ethnic minorities, but it's also people from working class backgrounds. And so, they, they wanted to find a, a, a funnel in order to support that community. And so we were that funnel. And so what the partnership looks like is basically funding like masterclasses. So creatives don't have to pay for them, funding secret sessions, but also imparting knowledge on those sessions themselves. So it was like they would get a director's rep or um, an exec producer to speak about their experiences. So the first thing that we did with them was the art of music videos. Um, and that was phenomenal. It was really cool. We had Andre Reid and we had um, Ali Maxwell um, and they've done stuff from like The Weeknd to Lizzo to working with some phenomenal people, man. Yeah, so that was the first one. And so that's how that relationship kind of transpired and it was building. And so we went into a partnership for a second year, which I was super glad about. And what was different about it this time was that not only were they funding these masterclasses and secret sessions, but this time they also wanted to do a thing where they wanted to give runners and production assistants opportunities to get that exposure on set. And so um, every single month we basically give them um, one runner or a couple of production assistants to work on one of their projects. Mm -hmm. And so that way they can learn, get exposure, but build relationships. And so I got an email from a creative today and she said like, yeah, Amos, it was, um, she did a job of Ikea through some such. Um, and she said it was a phenomenal experience. Everyone on the set was amazing. Some such team were super cool. And even from that, she got an opportunity to interview for like a Netflix kind of show. Amazing. And so it was like, again, kind of like what I was saying, you're either stagnant or you're actively working in these spaces. And so those are the creators that we were giving over to them that were actively working in these spaces and looking for the next gig. And so... That's essentially how that kind of partnership works. But in terms of other partnerships, like we've got another partnership with We Present, We Transfer, which is where I met you, um, they can be curated based on the needs. Again, coming back to the point I mentioned before, what's the mutual benefit? Mm. For us, it's the insight, the access to new networks. For them, it's the access to new and vibrant talent uh, in the industry doing amazing things, but being able to talk to them and take away information in an intimate setting. And so that's why we did this Q&A series with, with We Present by We Transfer at the moment. Um, but they've also funded like masterclasses that we've done with other industry specialists and they leave us to our own devices to do that. So we've been fortunate to do one with Puma and um, for a fashion perspective, we've got another one at the end of the year with River Island coming up. And then, um, yeah, we're gonna be doing a few more sessions next year. And are, you, are you reaching out to them, th these guys um, you, with the mutual benefit sort of cold emailing we talked about before? Is that, is that sort of how those relationships yeah. work? Do you, not, do, you not, do you know what's funny, right? We started off doing that and we do still do the cold email, but like at a, in a stronger position. 
Mm. Because, say for example, if I was 2019 when we first started out, it would have been a lot more of a trug, a longer trug to get conversations going. But then when they now look at our website and then they see, oh, you've done stuff with British GQ, you've done stuff with ITV, yeah. you've done stuff with BBC, then it's like the, the conversation is a quick yes or a quick like, oh, okay, I haven't got the time right now, so sorry. Mm. And so we utilise that angle. But now it's got it's got to a point whereby people know people in the industry. So it's like, I know you ex you love doing the experience or you love doing the masterclass with us. Who would you recommend within your contact list that would be interested in doing something with us? Then it, comes from right. then right. it becomes a warm intro. Mm. And a warm intro with validation and respect and actual proof points to show people's success stories becomes a lot more appealing. And so mm. then we get people to work across from that. I um so at the beginning you started talking about access that's the the word that you know would describe the cusp why why do you think these these two industries that you're working in are so inaccessible in a way because they are I, I'd say film is quite inaccessible it seems from the outset from the outside at least that it is it is inaccessible almost and I guess there's like the expense of actually making things but then like you say there are a lot there's a lot of gatekeepers as 100%, well 100% 100% I feel like because the industry is such a phenomenal space to be in, like people that are in those spaces want to protect it. And so the access issue is like, when I first started, I had a conversation with various different creatives. It was like the financial barrier was one. Um, and two, it was just being able to connect with people that are not from the same kind of social economic class as you, right? Like if you've gone to university and a top university, generally speaking, what happens is that you stay with that that friendship group that you've built. And then when you go into the world, you tend to gravitate to people that have similar backgrounds to you. And so if that's the industry that you step into, what then tends to happen is that everyone has gone to the same university or has the same social upbringing, they just tend to bring people in that look like them because work yeah. becomes fun that way, right? But then when you're not of that kind of background or you're not from that kind of um, social setting, what happens is that you're at a disadvantage because when they're talking about one thing, like I haven't got a lived experience of that, so I can't connect. And then all of a sudden you become the outsider. It's like, oh, you're not trying to chill with us. You're not trying to mm. like integrate into the working culture as they, they call it. And so ultimately that becomes another barrier that a lot of creatives happen to experience and they get beaten up because of it. I'm not physically beaten up, but of course yeah, they, get, yeah, yeah. It, they get held back because of it is probably more appropriate because they can't connect on that level. And so I feel like in terms of access, what we're trying to do is make sure that the industry people, even if they're from this kind of background, which shouldn't, you don't hold against anyone, they should just be willing to hear different stories from different people because you can connect on, multitude, on a multitude of different levels. And the, what you initially connect on is the fact that you both love film or you both love fashion. Mm. You start from there. You understand that and then you start to unearth who this individual is and it becomes a lot easier in an intimate setting that is to really kind of open up the doors and the floodgates for more creatives to come in yeah because it's like it's that connection over that base which is yeah and it shouldn't be anything to do with anything else anything else yeah. really but unfortunately it, it does because that's mm. that's that's how people are hiring nowadays and that's and that's what i think the industry is slowly changing but it's it's, it's a long track um yeah, I was wondering as well. Was maybe a slight uh, segue, but um, yeah, how did you like amass these kind of business skills? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, did yeah. you have a mentor or or somebody to teach you all this stuff? Like, you know, because how many of you are out of curiosity are running the the cusp now? 
Um, it's, it's three. There's three of you, yeah, right? And it sounds like a mammoth task, like from the way yeah. you're talking about it and the other business proptar, and you know, that's a lot. You know, there's a lot of technical knowledge that you've got to you've got to know, and and a lot of industry knowledge as well, I imagine. So yeah, I wondered how you really kind of you know got to your, yourself into this position. Good questions today. Um, I think in terms of the skill set piece, I'll start off there. I was fortunate enough when I was in my secondary school um, to be amongst this group of like um, students that they picked to be gifted and talented. Um, and so I, I grew up in South East London, um, quite close to Elephant Castle. I went to a school over there um, at the time. It was one of the worst schools in the borough. It was, it was, it was cold. And so I won't, I won't name the school because I'll do them a disservice because they've changed now. They've done a really good job at changing. But um, went to that school. And so um, there was a lot of things that happened in that school, which were eye-opening experiences. Um, so it made me wiser in terms of just generally speaking, how I carry myself in these different spaces, how I speak to people in these different spaces but then what I was fortunate enough was that there was a social enterprise that came to our school uh, and they were like yeah we're going to pick the top performing students luckily I was one of the top performing students so what happened very early on it was that I was getting exposure to like companies like I mentioned at the very beginning like PwC and Deloitte and Investec I was getting exposure to these companies and I think I didn't know these places existed and I didn't know there were jobs in the corporate realm I was just thinking about going to school, playing football, getting good grades, that was it. And so once I got exposed to these places, I was getting mentors in these spaces. And then there was a certain way you needed to carry yourself in these spaces in order to really excel. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let me start to tweak so I can really change the trajectory of where I want to go to. At the time, I didn't know where that was. And so slowly but surely, I'm building up these skills subconsciously um, and it's building well for me. And so now I'm connecting with creatives and people that have not been exposed to these spaces and they're trying to excel, but they feel like they're hitting a brick wall, um, even though they're producing great work, just because they, one, don't know how to access the space, two, don't know how to communicate to these people as best as possible to get what they need to get out of the kind of conversation. So I was like, all right, cool, let me be the middle person in order to support them. And the key thing for me is like, how can I support people around me? How can I serve others? Because I get a kick out of that. I'm, I love seeing other people be a success and get those success stories and me saying, okay, it's just because I set up that one introduction or because I said this one thing in this one room and then it's gone from here to another level. Um, and that's how I kind of started to slowly harness and amass those skills. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah. You could rely on the kind of, I, I don't know, like when if you had trouble, could you go to, you have people to go to? Yeah. You have yeah. people to go to because of that scheme at school? 100%. I was able to, to, to connect with those people and then from there, learn how to build other connections off the back of that. Because mm. mentors would introduce you to other people based on what you were planning to go down or the route that you were planning to go down. And then I started to see like patterns yeah. in what they were doing and so I was like all right cool let me start to apply these patterns to my own thing and what I want to do and then it's just boded well for me fair enough mate that's uh, yeah it's pretty amazing yeah. learning by doing I guess yeah, as well, right? man. yeah. learning by learning doing by being doing. exposed to things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to jump back if it's all right to go to the representation uh, which we were talking about and how I guess everything you're doing is great to, towards this we're getting the film industry a bit more representative why do you think it's it isn't at the moment. I guess it's improving, but it's still very, very male, white dominated, I guess, you know, as it has been for however long. Or is it to do with what 
that you're saying with like I guess people hiring people who, or wanting to work yeah, with people who look like them or you know yeah. like or similar yeah is there another reason yeah I think I think it I think it has elements to do with that and then it also just some people to be fair to them just don't know where to look because um, if you've never been in those spaces before where do you begin to look for diverse talent or who do you speak to when everyone looks like yourself and asks them okay cool where can I find diverse talent from like no, everyone will just look at each other and look at walls and then look back at each other. We don't know. And it takes time and effort, if I'm being very honest, mm-hmm. um, to find talent and to find creatives that you want to um, support or potentially represent from a different background to yourself. Um, and time is money. And so people don't really want to spend that much. Mm-hmm. But they do want to work with people that are investing time and have got a good rep and of doing or finding or sourcing talent, which is why some people tend to come to us or they go to other organizations in our space as well, doing immense things too. So it's um, it's an interesting one. Mm. It's an interesting one. I think, is it a question that I should answer? I'm not too sure. I think you have to ask the people that are in these spaces and making the decisions that they're making, not to make an effort to look for talent. Or if they are, how are they trying to improve um, in the frequency in which they look for talent? Mm. Uh, because it's it's a challenge for everyone really. I think it's it's a big challenge especially on on shorts as well when you're trying to source people when you don't have that much money it's like is anyone in my friend group available just to help out on this you know and thing, that's the and, thing. Then, and then maybe they come in through there and, and 100%. it's it's a tough one it's isn't a, it's, it? A, it's a time thing as you said mm. like i may have a short time a short window mm. um to find a new cohort or a new group of different or new audience of talent takes time mm. um, I don't have that time so the easiest thing is that I know my friend knows how to do it he looks like me let's get him onto this set and then it just happens like that it happens yeah. like that I know there's people that are trying to make a conscious effort to change that but again if these things are not readily available which is what the cusp is aware of how can you help to make sure that there's a resource there's a database there mm. for the industry to really reach out to people if they're short on time yeah, so another one of the questions we prepped was um, we were wondering, like, is, are there any filmmakers that the cusp um, is, you know, is that are members of the cusp that you, you're really excited about, that you've recently brought on, perhaps, that um, our listeners and, and Will and myself should be looking out for? Aside from Alexandra Doe and Hansel them up. Um, yeah. I think I mentioned earlier Renee. Her name yeah. Maria yeah. Suwu. She she's doing some phenomenal work. That was the documentary, right? The you documentary, there, right. Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, who else is there? There's some amazing people. I feel like naming everyone in our membership. Really yeah, it must be like choosing yeah, one of your children. Hundred you know? <laughs> percent. Tough one. Yeah, it's a very tough one. Um, I'll definitely say um, there's a gentleman by the name of Timothy Ogu. He's yeah. doing some really cool work. He does photography as well as film. He's done some um, amazing music videos and he's trying to move into more short films. Okay. Shortly. Um, you've also got Rifi Ahmed, who did, um, she was featured on this Circa um, slash Dazed kind of collaboration piece. Okay. And she got her short film like screened at um, Piccadilly Circus. Amazing. On oh, wow. the, the massive advertising board thing. And it was Immense. A short film was Yeah, on it was there. Wow. And everyone was just sitting by, you know where that little fountain is yeah, where people yeah. people normally oh, dance? Nice. People were just watching it from there. So oh, awesome. she's doing some really cool stuff. There's Soham, there's Soham Kundu, there is Owen Astles. Um, there's a gentleman by the name of uh, Kashif Booth who's done some really good work. Um, 
he's done this online series called The Newlyweds. Mm -hmm. Great, 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 great stuff. All the, people, all, all the people's names I did not mention. Apologies in advance. I will definitely be recommending you forward. <laughs> no, Amos no. loves you all. <laughs> yeah, I love you, I love you all. all equally. Yeah, so th uh, this one that was particularly interesting to us, I think, um, just in terms of how you've come up, where, where are you looking to go with the cusp? Like, what are you looking to produce your own content? Are you, what, what kind of thing is, is the, what's the plan, the master plan, if you care to share yeah see i'm looking at gray walls and looking into the scene because i'm thinking how much can i share? <laughs> yeah. um, share share what you're allowed to share what yeah. i'm allowed to share is um we definitely want to continue to expand the community um we're taking necessary steps because it seems quite london centric at the moment um to expand to the rest of the uk so we're looking talking to universities working with different universities across the uk um and starting to build a talent pipeline there so we can help graduates straight out of university, get the connections that they need in order to excel. Um, not only the UK, but we're also looking at going overseas. There's a few of our members that are from Paris, there are a few of our members that are from Berlin, um, Amsterdam, the US. And so we're taking the necessary steps in order to grow into those regions too. Um, so that's quite exciting. Um, and Presumably you'd expand, so it wouldn't just be you three. Yes, 100%, if case, yeah. exactly. So I have different people from those different um, communities um, operate there. A lot of members have kindly said, oh, Amos, like, I'm moving to Sydney, and if you want to start a community here, I'm more than happy to, to be that go-to person. Or yes, yeah. I'm, I'm in the franchise. Yeah, 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 so, so it, it's quite exciting to, to see yeah. that as a potential option. And then we've also got the talent database, which I think we kind of touched on a little mm. bit, but... Um, we're calling it, it's called the gateway and so ultimately getting the industry an opportunity to really tap into a creative database and address that time issue right like I haven't got much time who's available who's a diverse creative and have they got the skills which is an important thing right because there's one thing to say okay I'm looking for diverse talent but the second question is can they do the job right mm -hmm. and so we're trying to build that database of upskill talent working with our partners, doing the various masterclasses and secret sessions and mentorships um, to make sure that, that that talent is up to scratch. And so they'll be able to uh, access that whilst also doing good. So we're doing this thing called Find Great Talent, Do Good. Um, and that's going to be incorporated into like the subscription um, for the platform. So creators don't have to pay for it, but the guys with the big bucks will do. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Exciting. Um, yeah, and then another question. Uh, yeah, so this one, I guess, is about marketing. And I think as a filmmaker, like, this is the world we sort of live in um, now and you've got to be able to market yourself and um, whatever, through social media or what have you. And obviously you've had a few, fair few businesses on the go and I wondered what you'd learned about marketing um, over the... And there's probably too much to say in one short question, but if there's anything that springs to mind in terms of, you know, how to, I guess put yourself out there on social media or in, in, in any other way. Well, to brand um, yourself, I guess. Yeah, like, way, right? yeah. yeah what, what what would your advice be to someone? Yeah, like? uh, do you know what? I love this question. To someone, definitely not as weird. Because literally, Will was saying to me, do not make this about us. Everyone asked this question for us. <laughs> Honestly, um, I really like this question because, um, of course, there's, there's elements of like self-taught like marketing and branding that I learned from the previous business, of course, this business, but I actually, in between, um, I was running the cast for like two years on the side and I was running the other business on the side as well. My career 
um, after graduating from doing engineering, I went into marketing. I, I went to work at MNC Saatchi. Um, I went to work at a company within Omnicom um, doing market research and um, ended up at Uber doing marketing there as well and then working at another tech company too. And so I think my exposure to marketing in its entirety is basically comes down to like the three different segments, which is like understand your market, like, okay, what is the audience? What do they look like? How are they engaging? If you can draw up like a persona of what that person is and their interests, what would that person be? Once you have that clarified in your mind, the next phase is, okay, what channels are they often like engaging in? Is it print? Are they already always reading newspapers or are they, are they always online or um, are they doing none of the above? And they just, you tend to find them outside, like connecting with people, getting a, they like to get a sample there and sit in the park and then listen to their podcast. What is it, right? Mm. And then once you understand what those channels are, then you double down on the effort that you put into those different channels because there is marketing that can be done, which can be like, sometimes misplaced. Of course, it's great to be on various different channels and various different touch points. But once you understand your audience and where they tend to gravitate towards or congregate, you double down on that. So a great example for the cusp, we're only on Instagram. And the, the conscious decision to make that choice was that a lot of content you see on Instagram is very visual. And so a lot of people are using Instagram now as their portfolio. So if that's the case, and we also know that the businesses and organizations, when they're looking for talent, say for example, a talent agent, I'll speak to the talent agents and they'll say, oh yeah, when I'm looking for a director or filmmaker, I'm trawling, for, if someone doesn't give me a recommendation, I'm trawling through Instagram. Yeah. So if that's where they are, then double down on it and make sure your content is designed for that channel so it can perform better. And then you think about other channels because there's, there's a lot of noise out there, but if you think about other channels like TikTok, okay, how can you use TikTok to your best ability um, as a filmmaker? Well, you can, you can tell stories on it. You can, you can share work that you're doing on it, give clips and highlights of the experiences that you deliver on that mm -hmm. platform. Then you've got two platforms that you can work with and then you can tap into other channels. Like emails is still one of the best way of connecting with people, especially just keeping them updated. Even if you don't see them physically, they still want to stay in the loop of what you're doing. It's like, until they click that unsubscribe button, continue to send those emails over there to them and send them updates. Don't inundate them because you don't want to be annoying. That'll make you people want to hit that unsubscribe button a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. But ultimately understanding, okay, cool. How can I keep them updated? How can I keep them in the loop? And so long story short, without just going off at the tangent, because I, I tend to waffle sometimes. No, I think this um, is all, yeah, very, very concise. <laughs> so just to be clear, it's basically one, understanding who that audience and that market is. Um, two, what channels do they tend to be on quite often and then free double downing on those channels um, and and then having a, like a little sprinkle uh, as Salt Bay would do on a few mm -hmm. other on a, a few other channels as well so for us it's like email Instagram we double down on those channels because they're quite visual and all of that kind of stuff and then understanding how we're using the, the channels too is a key thing mm. and I guess as a filmmaker as well it's like if you've got a community of people that are following you and want to see the next thing you make and what you're writing and, and that's automatically going to be better for you if you're trying to make a feature film. But like, 
I've got all these people that are interested in what I'm doing already. 100%. You've got like a bit more power there as well. Exactly. You know, and, the... and there's even on that, it's like not everyone... Of course, you can take people from one platform to one, another platform, right? But not everyone wants to shift or move around, mm. right? I'm comfortable seeing you on Instagram. I don't need to be on your Facebook page. I'm good, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Or I don't need to go on TikTok when I'm getting the information that I need to get from you from Instagram too. So it's just understanding your audiences is very important and just see patterns and see engagement and read into that. And just don't be afraid to ask questions as well, man. I think that's the most important thing when it comes to branding and marketing. When you first start, a lot of people don't do market research. Mm. Speak to people. The people that are trying to serve, chat to them. Okay, cool. What, what do you actually want? Yeah, what are you missing? Because mm. even, that, even, that what, missing, even, yeah. even that what do you want question, right? A lot of what we've learned in marketing, a lot of people say what they want within, like, if it's, uh, I want this product. But then when you bring out the product, they don't use it. Mm. A lot of people say what they want, but what you need to really read into it is what they do, right? It's the actions. Yeah, that why are you missing is a really interesting question, actually, because I suppose that's how you really get to the, yes. the next level. And it's sort of what happened with you, in a way, because your organisation is unique, as far as I can tell, like, you know, it's from what I see. So mm. you, it's, you've, you've kind of you found a niche there that is unique. And it's like, so, yeah, that's good advice. How much do you charge? How much do you charge? That's good. Okay, so I think it might be time for our favourite segment of uh, short films. Bit of questions. You sure, well, you sure we're ready? Um, um, I feel like we're probably ready. <laughs> am, I, am I ready? Bro? <laughs> Are you Is ready? Which is a way more important question. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready to receive your answer? Um, so this is the final se segment of the podcast. Um, we always ask our guests what their favourite short film is, or a piece of content, the short form content that's just really resonated with them. Yeah. Okay. So for me. Again, very good question. Um, I would say a gentleman by the name of um, Ken Ezra. He um, did a short film. It was basically for a client of his. I think it was regarding mental health. Um, and it was so impactful because of the way he used humour in regards to mental health and like um, thoughts regarding suicide as well. Because, of course, like we experienced what we experienced with COVID and, and thank, thank God we're still here. But... Um, it's a tough time for a lot of people being in the confines of like the confines of your own four walls and the pressure it had on men as well, like in the household, like, okay, cool, nothing's going on, nothing's moving. How are you gonna provide if you're the head of the household, right? Mm -hmm. And so that played on a lot of people's mind. It played on my mind as well, like, okay, what am I gonna do with my career? Am I still gonna even be in a job? Um, can I still even run the cast at all? All of these different things. And so why I like it so much is because when you're when you're introduced to it, um, it feels like a very like happy, jovial, kind of easygoing piece of content and you follow this one guy through um, his like talk to camera kind of approach. But then as the content starts to go on and it's like a minute or so, as the content starts to go on, it's like very deep underlying issues that are being uncovered here. Like they ask him a question, okay, where do you see yourself in the next say, I think it was like a year or five years, um, and and he and he said dead, and he laughed, but it was like it was deeper than that. It was like mm. it was basically a cry out for help. He's going through things, and I feel like it's testament to the fact that um, a lot of people are going through these things and are having to deal with it by themselves. But um, 
they don't feel, I don't know, for one reason or another, comfortable enough to really express themselves. And so um, I think that was uh, one that really touched and, and hit home for me. Mm. Like um, in my own kind of journey and my own challenges, like again, like running a business and trying to support creatives. And I know creators um, have, the ex have the similar experience themselves where it's like, am I really cut out to do what I'm supposed to? What I'm doing like have I got the talent at all or like as you mentioned Will like uh, I'm I'm getting a lot of rejections I'm getting a lot of no am I cut out to do this thing and I'm like the answer is yes right but in order to help you you need that community to support you mm. and so yeah I feel like that short was amazing I need to remember the name of it but I'll send you the link yeah send us, yeah, send yeah. Us the link and we'll put it in the show notes yeah this is uh, Will's catchphrase he always says you started it you finished it can't believe it I also always say um, we're pro swearing here at short films big questions though you haven't sworn that has not been needed at all props to you well done thank you thank you so much Amos really appreciate your time yeah thank you so much been amazing I um, appreciate it. And where, where can people find you? Yes, you can the definitely cusp. find us in the cusp um, at www.thecusp, spelled with a K, .co.uk. Um, if you want to be a part of the community, get access to um, some of our opportunities that we've got coming up and um, any jobs that we want to share from the industry, you can register um, via um, a Thailand community application. So if you just click on experiences, scroll down, you'll be able to find ways to, to register that way. Um, and you'll get, of course, like updates and you can also get perks as well. But the perks and benefits, additional perks and benefits are also reserved for members. So mm. if you want to be a member of our community, what's different about it is that you get like that personal kind of touched, uh, curated experience, one-to-ones and introductions to industry people that we know. Um, so if you saw anyone on our website, for example, when you thought, oh yeah, you spoke to these people, are you able to put me in touch with them? Yeah, more than happy to, if you remember. And then also you get perks like discounts off Picture House for a year or Good um, perk. you get like discount off um, film and, um, filming equipment um, from a rentals company that we're currently working with called FOMO Rentals. Uh, so there's a lot of different things. Oh, even on that. Formal rentals who are working with are working on this really cool accelerator program um, that they're hoping to launch for next year. And so they're basically going to get 40 freelancers and creators mm -hmm. within the film space free access to um, this 5,000 square foot like space. And then you also get free access to the equipment if you want to shoot mm -hmm. and film. And so they actually helped our mate Duncan. He's doing a documentary out in Ukraine. They gave no him way. all the gear. So yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. So yeah. yeah, so they're doing some phenomenal stuff. They're one of yeah. our like member partners, up, as we call them. And then if you also remember, you can get access to um, a co-working space, additional co-working space for like a, a discounted amount. So you get 20% off of Anco and Life. But then there's also a code going at the moment. So if you want free um, month, uh, one month free um, access to co-working space, you can use the, the code CASP1 free um, and you can get that for a month for free. Wicked, Amazing. man. All right, yeah, and we'll put, you know... We'll do all the links in the show yeah, notes. all of that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Um, but yeah, amazing. You've been awesome. Yeah, Lovely. thanks. And thank, thank you, you so listeners. Much. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> thank you, listeners. <laughs> all right. All right, bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.